0: Welcome to If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me, also known as Filming With Your Dark, Naughty Evil. My name is Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Stacia, say hello. Hello. Daniel, say hello. Hello. And we are here to talk about the fifth episode. Uh, no, it's not. Is it? Is it the fourth?
1: Sorry, what? It's the fourth. Uh, it's fourth. God damn it.
0: I did write it. It says right here. I just didn't look at it.
1: <laughs> so I wrote it, but I I'm not going yeah. to refuse to read it.
0: We are here to talk about the fourth episode of season 2 of Buffy The Vampire Slayer. Uh, in this podcast, we're going to talk about characters and things that happen in the episode. We'll spoil a bunch of stuff that happens now and future in comics. But uh, we're going to have fun. It's going to be good. Before we get into the episode to set the mood, we're going to give us ourselves some context in the world of what was happening on the week of October 6th, 1997, which is the date that this episode aired. So we're going to bring in some robots
2: to get us the news. Thanks for the toss, Kelly. It's crazy how night and day this podcast has become. Have you thought about getting a third (laughs) co-host? I hear that's all the rage now. Transport yourself back to late September 1997. It's cooling down. The summer is dying, but you are holding on to those memories for dear life. You know the ones I'm referring to. You know because I know. As September turned to October, Buffy the Vampire Slayer channeled these feelings through its Inca Mummy Girl. Before we go to Royston, presumably in Iraq, let's throw to Amazonica de Televisión, channel 2's Ernesto Grausillet.
3: Karen, gracious, welcome to Peru. No Royston here, my dear. We here in Peru watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, same as you, but we maybe saw things differently. Peru had been tough these last few years. It was emerging from Operation Condor, spearheaded by the colony, I, I mean, Los need us. <laughs> it had played its part in the last two decades' dirty wars. Just last year, insurgents and the MRTA took hundreds hostage in the Japanese embassy. After armed forces stormed in, they summarily executed the insurgents who had surrendered. Their president. Alberto Fujimori, was bolstered by actions like this but corruption and human rights abuses followed and he'd be caught trying to flee. Extradicted, tried and is still in prison today. His daughter runs in his stead and narrowly lost out being president in 2011 and 2016. It'd be like Donald Jr. running in 2024 after dad has been imprisoned, then almost winning. Anyways, to take their, ah, uh, minds off that, we turn to Buffy, but what was Buffy this week but a retelling of mummy Juanita. The lady of M. Potter. Get it. Found on the volcano Sabancaya. Get it. She was discovered in 1995, killed as an offering to the Inca gods sometime between 1450 and 1480 when she was approximately 12 to 15 years old. Radiologist (laughs) Elliot Fishman concluded that she was killed by blunt trauma to the head. He observed that her cracked right eye socket and the two-inch fracture in her skull are injuries typical of someone who has been hit by a baseball bat. The blow caused a massive hemorrhage filling her skull with blood and pushing her brain to one side. That aside, she was a sensation, so much so that she permeated American popular culture and was brought back to our television screens. Interestingly, Mummy Juanita was mentioned in the episode Mummy in the Maze on the Show Bones, which starred the angel David Boreanaz, who played Angel in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Oh. Incoming call from a once a Royston Brimble the IV. Fourth. I've always wanted to talk to him. Poor favor Karen, I'll throw it to Royston. Que tal majestuoso senor.
2: What is even happening right now yo?
3: Hello Karen, that Ernesto is something fine, I must say. For a latin american oh my God. on the 1st of october gull mohammed the world's shortest man who was 22.1 inches just over one foot dies at age 36. one million evangelicals gather on the mall in washington dc to be quote promise keepers and to quote stand in the gap otto ernest Riemer, german wehrmacht officer and decisive in the 20th of july 1944 plot on hitler's life died After a bomb went off as part of Operation Valkyrie that almost killed Hitler, the second phase of the plan went into effect. Officers were given orders to arrest high Nazi officials for suspicion of the crime, but as Riemer tried to arrest Joseph Goebbels he wavered and Goebbels got Hitler on the phone and he realized what was happening. Riemer, not one to outdo being a dumb dick, formed the Socialist Reich party after the war, which was promptly banned. He took up the cause of Holocaust denial, as you do he fled to the middle east to run guns before returning to germany in the 1980s before being exiled again he died in spain a former veteran noted quote no judgment will be made here as to whether his decision on the 20th of july was right or wrong but the consequences of his decision were so terrible that we old soldiers had expected that a man to whom destiny gave such a burden to carry until the end of his life would recognise this and would thereafter live quietly and in seclusion We, his former comrades, lack any sympathy for the fact that Airema fails to summon up this attitude of self-effacement. From some dumb motherfucker to a badass, this week we lost Gunpri Yokoi, the Japanese video game designer. He created the game and watch handheld system, invented the control pad, those plus up down left right arrows ubiquitous today. He designed the original Game Boy and produced franchises from Metroid to Kid Icarus, just before leaving. He produced the Game Boy Pocket and bounced. He died on the Honkiraku Expressway, after a minor accident. He was hit, twice, after getting out to inspect the damage. It's undoubtable he brought more joy into this world than Harima sought to take away. Nazi punks, fuck off. Karen, for Ernesto and myself, back to you.
2: Patty, I don't know what the fuck is going on now. Can you speed up your culture desk so we can get out of here and let Kelly, Stacia, sure and Devin have the floor? This is
4: absurd, fucking Royston. Fucking Royston. You hear that, little buddy? Also, what happened to Ernesto? I hope we are looking into that. Music this week The Rolling Stones built a bridge to Babylon, while the verbs, Urban Hymns may as well have been created just to funnel more money into the Stones' war chest. Poor don't steal, folks. Paul McCartney released Standing Stone, a classical album. What? Yeah, me too. The foil levitated, Robbie Williams saw life through a lens, Patti Loveless trudged down the long stretch of lonesome. The getup kids ran a four-minute mile, Patti Smith brought the peace and noise, that peace and noise would fit in at the apples and stereo's tone soul evolution. Finally, Common is still trying to convince us that one day it'll all make sense. It won't. <laughs> Movies where kiss the girls and you turn. Dondi Lillo published his masterpiece, Underworld. The sun didn't explode this week or swallow us whole. We're still alive, so keep on doing dumb shit universe. There are no consequences. You heard Karen.
2: No consequences. If you reverted back to your season one beat meselves no one would even notice. Not today. Today we're forgiven for our trespasses. Today we forgive Royston. Today we forgive the British Empire um um yeah fuck that see ya next week thanks for robot pals
0: and also ernesto who i'm not convinced is a friend
1: Ooh. yet that's a dark take
0: inca girl we're here for it season two episode four let's quickly run over the plot right so taking a much needed field trip since last I we went to the zoo went so well all the way back in season one um we (laughs) stumble across a mummy who inexplicably has been able to apparently hear what's going on the whole time she's been all mummified which doesn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense but glancing over that the mummy comes back to life kills poor rodney rip rodney you will be missed uh decides to follow the buffy conveniently after 500 years of being asleep decides that this is my ticket out of here i'm gonna insert myself into this young girl's life she kills Poor who is a legitimate exchange student, takes over his identity, lives with Buffy and crew, everything's going swimmingly, starts crushing on Xander, who eats Twinkies like a monster and encourages a new person to do the same, which is just inappropriate. We go to the, speaking of inappropriate, horrible clusterfuck that is the cultural dance, whatever the hell that is, but thank God at least we get to meet Oz, and that almost is worth it. In the end, Empada, in order to stay alive, has been sucking the lives out of people and decide that, I guess it's going to have to be also brand new to the show, Jonathan. It's going to be his turn. But, oh, wait, last second. Here comes Xander. And she has to make a choice towards the end after this. If Xander's love, does it mean more than, than her own survival? The answer is no. Xander's love never means more than your own survival. So she goes to attack Xander. Buffy comes in, saves the day, rips Potter's bi- <laughs> body apart, and uh, is crushed into little mummy pieces. And we live to fight another day. So let's delve into the episode a little bit more. Daniel, what did you think about Inka Mummy Girl? What do you have to say?
1: I thought this episode was shit. <laughs> but good shit. Hot take. Hot take. Like, okay, shit. <laughs> It was fun to watch. Let's say that. It was fun to watch, but it wasn't great. Um, I'm going to go through, just as a roadmap for us, I guess, uh, to walk through how everybody responded to other cultures. We have not seen a lot of other cultures. We haven't seen a lot of anything, basically, in Sunnydale, except for monsters, but they know no bounds. They just come and go at their own leisure. Sunnydale, as a town, wants to have a cultural exchange program. So let's go through the characters, shall we? First and foremost, we have to start with the id of America, which is, of course, Cordelia. Oh, I thought you were going to
0: say Sven. Well, Sven, (laughs) I think in the end,
1: he kind of, he gets real snappy.
0: Fruity punchy drinky.
1: Real snappy. And I love it. I love it. But Cordelia, basically right off the bat, is just objectifying, as usual, uh, so how's you, or how's yours visually? I mean, great. Thanks, Cordelia. And then complaints on none of them speak American. She's pretty much a one note through this episode, just not really um, sensitive to anything. Really. No, she's <laughs> terrible. Let's jump to Giles. So again, we're kind of jumping around here. We're not going plot wise. So Giles, the Latin Americanness of Empata the man before they knew, you know, that it was a girl or. Obviously, that the mummy took on the identity of the guy. Um, He saw that as translating as to knowing how to break ancient pictographs. Just the fact that he was from Peru, he would be able to do this. And then I got some whiffs of Royston in that I kind of want Impata to do my work for me. So if he could just solve (laughs) this,
0: that would be great.
1: So that's pretty great. Uh, Xander was probably had the most about cultures throughout the whole thing. I think him and Willow sort of riffed a lot. Um, can we just say, I'm sure Stacia would love this, Xander going to Armenia, spin-off special, or just spend, send him off to <laughs> Armenia. That sent away great. to
5: Armenia. I was kind of offended because it was like, hey, Armenia's way cooler than Xander.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity is what I see. Uh, Bavarians are cool to Xander's epic eye roll. Um, don't really know what that means. Are Bavarians cool? Sure, I'm sure. sure.
5: Why Who not? doesn't
1: love I'll well, see, and there you go. No shirts with ruffles, no hats with feathers, and definitely no Lederhosen because they make Xander's cows look fat.
5: However, mm. he had no problem with wearing a poncho. He was chilling a with A little, little mm-hmm.
1: cigar going on there. Uh, 1997. As today, there's always room for cheap Doritos and Chihuahua jokes. Oh yeah. Definitely, Taco Bell dog is going crazy. He's not thinking about Poncho Villa. Um, And also that's Mexican, not Peruvian, so it's not really tone, which (laughs) makes sense. This is something Cordelia would just kind of gum with. Uh, And then, of course, with of the Male, I think, again, it's it's insensitive two ways because Xander sees it as like a stock in trade. He said, quote, his stock in trade is the breaking of hearts, which is like that quote, you know, like it's being insensitive even to stereotypes. Like the stereotype is like Spanish men. Do that, break your hearts, oh. you know, sort of. But he's not even Spanish, dude, he's from Peru. Like, get it together. You're not even <laughs> doing stereotypes right. So you're you're terrible. And also just protecting Buffy and it's kind of gross. He just always does that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. so he's that's, done
5: that in like every single episode this season.
1: Oh yeah, fall for the old, let me translate that ancient seal for you, come on. Tch. Do you know how many times I've used that? It's okay. bleak, it's looking bleak. It's bleak, so it's <laughs> going to keep going, that's fine. So then Willow, the costume is glorious. There's nothing else to say about it. Um, we can go into the costume itself. And I think if we get to the party, we can go any sort of which ways. I mean, everybody's obviously dressing up like cultures and doing all that kind of stuff. So that is a totally different argument. But in a willow is adorable and totally telegraphing this. Basically, the first thing she says is, guys, I've got a great costume idea. And that's like capital T truth that no (laughs) one's listening to. And then the second time around, everyone's like, You know, this girl just keeps talking. She's like, I'm about to bring a new dawn to this town and you're not even listening to me. And then, boom, she is an Eskimo. And she has a fucking spear that is an actual spear. And the only person, of course, who gets it, God bless, is Oz. No, not her. The Eskimo.
0: Oh, and incredibly uh, necessary extreme close-ups while playing guitar. Not weird at all.
5: That way you don't have to look at his hands not playing I mean, that is the point.
1: Well, and also that whole scene where they're like in a weird breakdown and he doesn't go to sing and he comes over and they're just, yeah, you can't see the guitar and he's just like strumming. But it's just his hand going up and down like that. Like, you're not even really playing anything. No, he's good up.
0: Thank God that Mike didn't pick up their conversation, though.
1: It did, yeah. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> and then he was able to just, the lead singer, walk right back over and start singing again, yep. which was... That and also, flawless. he's absolutely... Um, what's his name? Jeff Buckley. Like, Jeff Buckley, who... Grace... You know Jeff Buckley? The okay, guy who sings he, Hallelujah? N- yeah, yeah. He died, actually, earlier in May of 97. Oh, and sure. so the lead singer, Jesus, I mean, not only is it the whole hair and everything, but when he's standing there in his tank top... The cover of Grace is only I think his only album, but the album he released right before he died he's got that tank top. Oh. Like that is just you are just Jeff Buckley. It's so oh. weird. Sings like it. Nobody sings like that today. It's so 90s. Is that a real band? Yeah, they're... Four Star Mary. They're a real band. Okay, and yeah. it's None like of no, those song
0: those people are all actors, but
1: except for uh, Seth. Oh, they're all actors, but right. the song is real.
0: The oh, band is okay. real, the song is real. Yeah, they we could talk I could talk about Four Star Mary forever They're great
1: Let's get into Sunnydale itself. So they had a dope cultural exchange banner, so they clearly spent some time doing that. Also, I feel like there's a connection between the bronze and the school because it's advertised on the at the school. It says, you know, cultural exchange thing at the bronze. Why doesn't the school throw some money to make the bronze like a little bit nicer so they don't have to do the cockroach thing?
5: Because the of, school is constantly fixing stuff that's happening because of the hell mouth.
1: That's true. But you would feel like the kids would... Uh, again, this is the parents should be like, I don't want my kids going there. Let's make all of their functions, place. with the
0: exception of the senior prom, are held there. Literally, all of them. everything.
1: Yeah. I wonder how. I wonder how how good of a deal it is for the owners of the bronze. Do we ever meet the owners of the bronze? Oh, no, 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 no.
0: I think we implied that it changes owners at some point, but uh,
5: no. Yeah, Fair enough. I think that's um...
1: Then we had the Eiffel Tower made out of cheese. With French flags in them that Willow <laughs> punches <popped> over. over. <laughs>
5: that's great. Yeah.
1: So that's either funny or you can see it as a meta comment on, you know, indigenous culture eventually overcoming Western culture. Oh, I mean, shit. Who knows? But probably not. Because um, <laughs> okay. we're not going to go that deep. I don't uh, know
5: what Eskimos are going to do. Yeah, come being down. Being indigenous like, in take France. Down the <laughs> true. I don't think they were over there.
1: That's true. But you never know. Then American culture. And we're talking about Sunnydale in general. So American culture is sort of on display. Um, would we ever unpack somebody who is our guests' bags?
5: No. 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 That's, Unless that's, the
1: plot needed it, of course. But
5: only when the plot demands it. Only when the plot
1: demands it. Guests' bags.
5: Yeah, why would you paw through someone's stuff? You know there's gonna be like underwear and deodorant and all sorts of personal things. Right. Why would you be like, don't super worry, weird. I'll put my hands all over your
1: your stuff. Super <laughs> weird. And I think that gets to a point that we can make later, but like the body of Ampata is in the... The Why did... She removed the items she... of the trunk to put the body in there. And
5: where did those items go?
1: Right. And why not put a body where the items went? Because one of them is going to be found and it's going to be bad and suspicious. And
5: isn't it more suspicious to have a body found in your trunk than to have a body found at the bus station that could have been mummified by anyone?
1: Right. And Sunnydale, don't they have an airport, right? Isn't that what the annoyed they were doing? Or were they driving out of town to get to an airport?
5: I think the implication was they were going out of town, but. I think so. Okay, so no. we're saying Sunnydale because not Because Sunnydale an airport. is a magical tiny town that's also a large city. Right. Right, right. Right, no All airport. the conveniences of a large city in The size of a town with 3,000 people And
1: I guess what we want to say is Impata is not stupid because he didn't know But like wandering around a bus depot Obviously you heard somebody saying your voice But if I heard that I would not go towards it I would announce You come to me I'm staying at the bus depot I don't know who you are Why are you saying my name but I don't why- think
5: that would have been any I don't think it would have ended differently for him
1: But if you were around People, I know we're assuming a lot of things. That there are people in the bus depot and they would call the police or they would try to protect him. They wouldn't, of course. It would be an empty bus depot. No one would be there if they did it another way. But still, Buffy and them show up without a car, without anything, to get somebody who just came on a bus. And would probably be expecting a car to drive them somewhere. And it's like, hey, Ampada, grab your shit. Let's walk.
5: Can uh, can we talk about another thing, though? Yeah. The Umpata, the original umpata brought a trunk that one can assume had some of his personal items in it a good sized steamer trunk that were all dumped out to put his body in but then the bus company set another gigantic bag so he had to pack enough clothes that was probably his entire wardrobe for two weeks two weeks two
1: weeks two week
5: trip that doesn't even make any sense no.
1: it's terrible no one was thinking <laughs> <laughs> and
5: when, since when do bus companies are like, I'm going to carry your bag to your door? <laughs> that was one really of the of,
1: Sunnydale of all places. Like, oh yeah, service is great here. We're going to continue that.
0: That excellent was one service. of my uh, lessons that I learned from this episode that if you just leave your shit at the bus station, someone's going to bring it. Someone's going to bring it
1: and bring it exactly it. to where it needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Buffy, because uh, again, the idea of a cultural exchange, right, is that you're exchanging cultures. So I think the only two exchanges that I ever saw, and maybe I'm wrong, and obviously being narrow-minded about this. One, Buffy says, quote, I can translate American salivating boy talk. He says, you're beautiful. Thanks for the translation, Buffy. One cultural point, even though it's ridiculous. And then you have Joyce, who's saying she's certainly fitting in for being an American. And by shading my daughter and being disappointed in Absolutely. you, I am I am being Absolutely. Joyce. Surprise Joyce, by the way. Surprise Joyce. Surprise this Joyce. Way too... Much of Joyce for me. Twenty seconds surprise choice. Ooh, that's crazy. I did not expect her to come out. I of thought shots. that was so much fun because it
5: was implied that Umpada had already met Joyce, but like when? <laughs> she was brought home to an empty house and then was at school. Joyce was outside d- at the gallery. And also why
1: wouldn't Joyce being the parent go pick up this right? child
5: right. from you, another country? Why would you leave your irresponsible sixteen year old in charge of another sixteen year old who doesn't Maybe speak English.
1: Exactly. Oh my God. And just be like, and my daughter's also a fuck up and she's <laughs> terrible. But see what I sent to come get you? That's how much I care about you. That's cultural exchange right there. But
5: I, I would like to mention another piece of what I consider to be beautiful cultural exchange. Yes, please. Which was Xander introducing Ampada to the uh, filled snack treat or whatever he calls it. I
1: thought he pulled it out of his bag without a wrapper. <laughs> Me too. Until yeah, the wrapper showed up and right, like right. I had to delete my <laughs> comment on it because I was caps. Oh all caps God. going nuts. I
0: started writing the notice. I was like, that monster had unwrapped Twinkies in his backpack. Okay, fine.
1: Which I want to believe. I want to believe he did still. Yeah.
0: I think he did. I think he unwrapped
1: it. Mm-hmm. A couple days ago. put now. it in his
0: backpack. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to need quick access to yes. this Twinkie later.
1: And also, that brings up, the, really quickly, because I don't really get into it, but the bodyguard. The bodyguard is the dad. Kimmy Schmidt? On Kimmy Schmidt. You know? Yeah. And he's also in a million things, I like guess, Twilight and mm-hmm. all kinds of shit. Good for him. He was not interested in killing anyone. That's all I got to say about him. He was like brandishing the sword, had no interest in killing it. I
0: think that his role was to threaten her back into being a mummy. I, I don't know if he was supposed to kill her. He was,
1: well, How he was trying to go for Xander. already
0: though. dead.
1: That's a good point. But he was the, going for Xander and Xander, of course. Because
0: Xander just, was in his way of threatening sort of. Pata back into a mummy. No, <laughs> because, because they were on the
1: bleachers and he could have, Xander fell over. He could have just turned over and slashed the shit out of Inca Mummy Girl, but didn't. Anyway,
0: so. incredibly ineffective Kimmy assassin.
1: Yeah, Kimmy Schmidt's awesome. <laughs> Did you say that? Kimmy Schmidt's awesome?
0: I said, probably oh. ineffective. Kimmy Schmidt, assassin. But yes, assassin. Also, Kimmy Schmidt's is is great. He's awesome.
1: Um, okay, and then so speaking of uh, cultural. What is it? Cultural. Appropriation? No. Exchange? Exchanging. That's what it is. Well, speaking of cultural exchanges, I, I spoke too soon about Buffy and Empata because they definitely have a scene together and they definitely have a bit of an exchange with one another.
4: They told her that she was the only one. That only she could defend her people from the netherworld. Out of all the girls in her generation, she was the only one... Chosen. Do you know the story?
2: It's fairly familiar.
4: She was 16, like us. She was offered as a sacrifice and went to her death. Who knows what she had to give up to fulfill her duty to others. What chance at love? Who
5: knows? We keep seeing these instances of like what Buffy could be under different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Reflected back, we saw that with the bad girl from school, hard who gets turned into a vampire, and we see it eventually with Faith and even with Kendra. But in this instance, they act really heavy-handed with the sixteen-year-old with the destiny, literally described as the chosen one. To the point that Buffy is like, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) We all know what you're talking about. Yes. Um, But the thing that I thought was so interesting was her exchange with the bodyguard in the bathroom. Well, so he was basically like, you were the chosen one. You have to do this. You need to not kill anyone else. And she said, but I am in love. Isn't love enough? And he said no. And I thought it was really interesting foreshadowing for Buffy because she runs into that problem with Angel Um, who turns into Angelus because she's in love with Angel, but it's not enough either. She has to kill Angel to save the world. And this is the same situation. Like, this episode underscores your destiny, matters more, and will always trump everything else, which I think is why the theme of Buffy is alone is carried throughout every season because she ultimately has to be. And the other thing I was thinking about with Ampada is interesting is I don't think she's a villain, even though she kills people. Yeah,
1: me too. I don't think so
5: either. Um, I mean, she was killed when she was 16, which is horrible. But the thing that is most interesting is it seems like even though she was killed, she's been trapped in her body for 500 years. Most of which probably lost to the mountains or wherever she was just laying there until she was discovered as a mummy and to have to go back to that if she can never truly die and move on but she's always going to be trapped in her body that's like I don't know the greatest sacrifice I think you could make even more so than Buffy who does get to move to some sort of heaven dimension mm-hmm. in the sixth season and is released from you know so I can see why ampata is doing what she's doing like she really is given no other choice because to willingly submit to being trapped like that again I can't imagine i think being stuck that long would make anyone go insane like yeah. literally the fact that she's even any sort of semblance of a normal person mm-hmm. is really remarkable yeah she's i felt
0: murdering for felt like, for like wanton mm-hmm. disregard of human life she's i just want to be alive it's desperation yeah she let danny strong live i mean there's sure no more of a statement than that so yeah but only because xander interrupted
1: true <laughs> but he must live that's why it's yeah both episodes he shows up in both episodes. i know that's we're two amazing. for two on that note, speaking about the end of Ampada, she obviously sacrifices her own self because she didn't want to go back to being a mummy, even if she took Xander's life, if you will, and kind of, even if she could conceptualize, like, okay, I can kill and then move on and just do this literally forever. Um, she didn't want to do that. She didn't want to have that be her life. Even the guy, the bodyguard, sort of emphasized that too. It was like, you know, your killing of innocence is pretty fucked up. Like, you're like, yeah, we killed you. You're an innocent, but now you're killing innocents. So who's right in this scenario? Neither of us, but I'm going <laughs> to die now, I guess. That's cool. Um, in that museum, I just want to talk about the museum really quick. So right off the bat, we need to talk about Rodney Munchen because he is, what is he doing? He's like scraping off a mask when we first meet him.
0: Vandalizing the shit out of something.
1: And then he goes in to like get this plate, right? Which again, why would Peru send you something that was cursed? There is a myth of it being cursed and they have not removed it themselves to, you know, just prove that it's not cursed. Right? You feel like they would have removed that to prove, like, everything's cool. But no, Rodney has to be the one that finds out in the empty room where no one's watching this because that's just the way cultural exchanges work.
5: I think the bigger question is why was Rodney even messing around with the mommy to begin with? I don't even know.
1: How was he allowed to do this? All that was made of him is that he's just a dick. (laughs) And like, no matter what's in front of him, he's just going to fiddle with and fuck with. That's all I got from his character. Mm. And thank God he's dead. Because apparently no one really cared about him. And at the end when they leave, they just walk away. You know, you've got got a dead body. I mean, she didn't turn to ash, right? Her arms fell off. Yeah. So you've got this mess for the janitors to clean up. And then you've got another mummy in there who is Rodney, who is dead. (laughs) Does he just get to wake up? No. No course not he's a dead person that another grieving family has to contend with okay. in this terrible town where everyone <laughs> dies
5: well, they'll never have the answers because no one will know who rodney is i
1: know i know he <laughs> didn't come home last night oh my god we at least at least we heard within 24 hours that a kid was missing because in the next episode It's months before we even, like, no one's even looking for these kids. Anyways. But
0: thank God he had braces so we can move the plot
5: along.
1: That's true. Thank God.
5: That was helpful. That was great.
1: Um, So basically, all I want to say about the museums, working at a museum when I was in college and doing, like, archiving in general, this is abysmal to me. I hate everything about this. It makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) Sunnydale doesn't give a fuck about cultures because the museum is not open for you to just play in. I'm sorry, Giles. You can't just come and piece together fucking priceless Uh, memorabilia because again like not only the cleanup not school rubber glue fuck that (laughs) (laughs) not only not only would the cleanup have to be the janitors who first of all would be like what the fuck has happened but then you would get the professionals who work there who would have to come out there and then explain to Peru that their absolutely priceless really priceless mummy has been vandalized and destroyed so whatever exchange has to happen how much money their
5: arms were ripped off they would have to
1: pay is out of this yeah. world um, and then Giles I, I started when, when Giles had his little glue I was like alright there has to be some deeper meaning to this so I was like alright so Giles Reformation of the Seal must be a critique on how we process the past uh, he's, con- he's <laughs> consulting books right instead of intrinsically knowing that like part of his soul is connected to the ancient past he just needs to know then I was like fuck it no you have all the pieces just glue them together Put the- <laughs> stop looking at the book Glue it together.
5: That didn't make any sense. There's
1: no reason why. And then the last piece. Oh, oh I only have one piece left. There's a person over there. I should and really get he's this connected. To oh. it together
5: without the glue, and I'm like, you know how it goes.
1: I feel like this was only done for you to give Giles points, because then he gets pushed into the crypt, which is just Giles being Giles, which is great. Giles but, has
0: been on fire for these oh, <laughs> last couple episodes. Absolutely on fire.
1: And and then they just walk away with the mess, which I just I absolutely fucking hate.
4: Hold on a sec. She was wiggy about the seal for minute one.
1: Yes, I suppose she was. Her trunks. I feel like the only reason we ever had this episode is that Zander, we just want to show that somebody actually can like Xander. Yeah. And that he's not just an irredeemable whatever. Except
5: that she's also a villain at the end of the day.
1: Well, and, and then the thing that gets me a lot, and I'll get into in the next episode, which is this, I, again, continuity, where it was hilarious when he asked her if she was a praying mantis. I laughed out loud. That was great. You're not a
0: praying mantis, are you? <laughs> Sorry, someone else.
1: <laughs> We're so selective in what we, we deem to be something we remember, versus like this would be a fucking scarring thing for someone like Xander. Like, you don't really move on from this. And then you have like Cordelia in the next episode going fucking... T- another kidnapping how do you just keep (laughs) doing this
5: compartmentalize and move on are you so crazy i don't i don't
1: know it just it hurts and yeah and i think xander at the very least i think the only thing i want to say is that he knows no bounds in creeping out any woman across any culture for what that's worth i don't know he can creep anyone else (laughs) please (laughs) that's all okay
5: So first I would like to preface this by saying that this is possibly the only Xander-centric episode I can stand to watch that I don't hate just for the pure fact that Xander is the main character in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's 1,000% because of Willow and Oz. Thank you.
1: I've come for the dance.
5: And what culture are you?
1: I'm from the country of Leone. It's in Italy, pretended to be Montana. And where are you from? The country of white trash?
5: But that being said... There was this creepy dynamic in my high school, and I went to a high school where I graduated with 45 people in my class. So it's very small, less than 200 people total in the entire high school. Everyone knew everyone. That being said, we had at least 10 exchange students at any one time. I don't know why we had so many, but it was a huge portion of our population. Send them
1: to John Day. Don't send them to... uh They were really
5: disappointed. They were all like, I thought I'd go to LA or something, like Hollywood. And then they ended up in this (laughs) tiny redneck town in the middle of Oregon that no one's ever heard of. That's the worst. And I'm sure they landed in Portland, and then they drove for six hours, and they're just like, what is happening? This
0: is how I die. Yeah.
5: (laughs) That being said, there was this creepy dynamic where, I mean... Every high school does this, where there are the popular kids and the well-liked kids and nice kids, and then, like, the dregs of the high school world that no one gets along with and no one likes, especially what tended to be really creepy boys that had social problems. People that turned into people. magicians. Yeah, people that are just terrible. And when these um, foreign exchange girls would come... They rarely spoke amazing English. They'd usually speak enough that you could have a conversation with them, but they wouldn't understand a lot of things, and these creepy dudes would glom onto them instantly um, in a way to say, I can show you around, let me be your best friend, because they had power over these exchange girls because they didn't know what they were doing, they didn't know who they should be talking to, and it would usually last a few months before they started to realize you're actually really creepy, and would move away and have their own friends. And I feel like this is exactly what Xander did with Impata, And it makes me really uncomfortable because he's really possessive over her because he knows the situation and he knows that if he lets her go anywhere else, she's going to realize there are better people than Xander, that she doesn't have any other options right now. And that gives him power and it makes me uncomfortable.
2: Truth. Well, you know,
4: I have a choice. I can spend my life waiting for Xander to go out with every other girl in the world until he notices me, or I can just get on with my life. Good for you. Well, I didn't choose
2: yet.
5: To be fair to Willow, Xander did nearly kiss her three episodes ago. So, you,
1: but Xander's fucked up, and you knew that from the pack. Yes, you, you sort well. of.
5: absolutely, absolutely, but I'm just saying for someone who's had a crush on him for a long time and you get like that close to it being realized, to then immediately turn it off and say absolutely he doesn't like me is hard.
1: Absolutely. So I
5: think think she's on that path Mm -hmm. and I think Xander almost kissing her was part of that. Yes. Because Buffy broke the spell and when she tried to recreate it he completely glossed over it and I think that was kind of the beginning of her realizing this isn't ever going to happen. Right. But... Yeah, I don't know that you can blame Willow no, because I think Xander, Xander keeps leading her on because if you really don't think about her lips, why were you about to kiss her in that moment? Because that's absolutely what was going to happen.
4: Have you seen Impala? What was that? I shrugged. Next time
0: you should probably say shrug. Sigh. We have a couple of firsts in this episode. Very important first, I might add. The first appearance of Daniel Osborne, also known as Oz.
1: I thought you were saying of me. I was like, oh, <laughs> no. I've been here all along. No, uh, and name was
0: Devin? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ!
1: Uh, do we learn his name? We don't learn his name as Daniel. We yet.
0: don't learn his name as Daniel until season four, oh, episode no. six or seven. Yep.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, in something blue. That's when we learn his name because okay. he's absent from school and he, and it goes up to Professor Walsh this does, is not he's important like and is like uh, is Daniel, Daniel Osborne on there uh, on your list no no he's not <laughs> dude bounced anyway so first appearance of Oz and by extension that means the first Dingo's Ain't My Baby appearance with our faithful lead singer Devin who is just just a character Oh, his name is actually Devin. Yeah. That's oh,
1: that's true. funny. I did not do that on purpose. I yes. just picked a D name. No, his name's Devin. Cool. <laughs> uh,
0: and also, very important first appearance of Jonathan. Who, Amazing. who could we, how could we ever guess that this joker with a cowboy hat on, sitting and drinking his Tide thing, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: sitting
0: on the Amazing. stairs of the bronze, would one day turn into a villain of... Season six,
1: and or be like a, a world class writer at this point. He is like all over the place in real life. Yeah, yeah. strong, so he's gonna show up. He on also,
5: rolls Gilmore up in Rose. Gilmore Girls
0: as well.
1: he's got that base too.
0: So, three new characters. Also, uh, the first mummy we do. I don't think we have done that before, or we'll do again. I don't think about I don't it. I think
5: it's all the only
0: one. So, I know. in celebration of our first and only, we're quite sure, uh, appearance of mummies. I did a little research on yes. mummies around the world. So. Got a couple of different classifications of mummies. First one being bog mummies, uh, found in Ireland. They're incredibly well preserved because bogs have no oxygen, which means the bacteria needed to decompose flesh can't get into the bodies. Uh, bog mummy. A bog mummy was found in 2011. That is 500 years older than King Tut, so around 4,000 years old. Uh, bog destroys They're DNA. Weird
5: looking. Yeah, but they, they look like dirt puddles. They
0: look but the, the ones that they found this one they found in two, 2011 it looks just like a person this skin yeah. is like an unnatural black yeah. uh from i would imagine the all the air and all the shit coming out of it and all this toxic stuff in the bog but uh yeah they like, even still have facial hair it looks like there's oh. you can see the wrinkles in their skin it's intense they're super duper well preserved it does the the bog chemicals destroy the dna but you can learn uh, still a lot about the what happened during their life, what their diet was, and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the, they can't tell for sure uh, because the DNA was destroyed, so they can't trace lineage. But the thought of why these people ended up in the, the bogs is that they were potentially uh, kings, feudal kings that were doing it bad and people killed oh. them and threw them in the, in the bogs.
5: Oh shit. Doing it bad. Yeah, doing, doing it, it bad. bad. <laughs> as uh, kings be doing. Bad. <laughs> and then when you're in you the Game of Thrones. Yeah, no. Thrown in a bog.
0: <laughs> That's next for Cersei. Oh, fuck yeah. Throwing her in a bog. Uh, Chinchoro du- mummies. Not dummies. Wow. <laughs> Chinchoro? Maybe it's. Chinkoro? Chinchoro? Chinchoro. Okay. Chinchoro mummies. <laughs> uh
1: Both one
0: of them. Also known as black mummies. They are about. 9,000 years ago is when that s- civilization existed. These, uh, It's a region off the coast of southern Peru, what is now modern-day southern What's Peru. Um, thousands of years before the uh, the Inca civilization came to prominence, because that was from 1438 to 1533. Hmm. Um, but it's the same, it is the same region, so theoretically this could be what the Inca people there... Oh yeah, your uh, time frame is huge, but that yeah. very
1: end probably coincides with yeah, the yeah. Incas and then Pizarro comes
0: there and you go. takes it down. Yeah. Um, they're called black mummies. Um, their heads and limbs, like the so the people that c- carry this out, the morticians, would cut off the heads and limbs of the dead person, scoop out the guts, uh, remove the brain from the hole, a hole in the back of their skull, uh, and also tear all the flesh from the body. So they would take the skin off, remove all the flesh, meaning all the muscle and fat, and then they save the skin because they're going to put it back on just like a sock, which is what the article I read said. I'm like That's the grossest imagery you could have ever possibly described something Ooh, as. They're just sock. Sock. <laughs>
5: Remove the up. skin
0: and roll it, roll it back
4: up. I wasn't gonna use violence. I don't always use violence, do I?
1: The important thing is you believe that. Hey, Warren would have really liked that if he could have gotten his hand on oh, his own skin.
0: Don't. That's, that should be he who should not be named. That's true, oh my God. So they would dry the, essentially just like the trunk of the body out with hot coals to desiccate it to get all the, any of the moisture out of it. And then reassemble the body, including rolling up the skin uh, back onto it and and put the limbs and the head back on using like sticks and animal fur to kind of act as an adhesive to put it all back together. And then while they're called black mummies is they would cover it in manganese, which is like a a metal like iron, really dark metal. Uh, And then they would also put a little bit of hair on the top of it, just, just for funsies.
1: Like from other people's
0: hair? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just a cool. short crop of black hair. I don't, all right, then. Fun. They're found between uh, the modern cities of Arica and Kobia in Chintoro Cemetery. Is where they found most of the, the mummies, the black mummies.
1: Remember, the robots will
0: fix you. Yes, that's true. And this is the first example of intentional mummification ever recorded. Oh, so, like, oh, these, these mummies.
5: Oh, interesting. Because the
0: bog mummies, I mean, well, those actually are younger than these anyway, but...
5: Accidental. accident yeah.
1: And even when, I mean, Egypt is later, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so these are, these are the first ones. Because 7,000 BC, man, that's a fucking oh. long time ago. Egyptian oh. mummies, everybody's favorite, the most probably talked about. From 3100 to 332 was the Egyptian, ancient Egyptian reign.
1: Definitely the best movies ever.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Best mummy movie.
0: They got Tom Cruise brought it back. Uh, embalming or mummifying process lasted about 70 days. The brain was liquefied oh. and drained through the nose. Sexy. Oh. Organs removed and put in separate jars except for the heart, which was kept intact because it was thought to be what housed a person's intelligence. Uh, and it was integral to their being.
1: Cool got it wrong. Opposite it.
0: Oh. Because the brain's that oh, yeah like, true, go. <laughs> true. They're like, no brain can go let's just ooze that right out of the nose heart <laughs> instead
1: of taking that Clutch. heart out and i don't know planting it i don't know eating it do. Well, yeah and that's what again that's where i thought we were kind of going with this episode with like <laughs> well the incans are now just going to become the aztecs and become everyone and just eat people's oh,
5: you yeah, know, yeah. cannibals and all that and that's usually Should way I,
1: overstated don't eat but. human nervous systems
5: that's a really great way to get a lot of terrible diseases don't do that if you're gonna Down. eat a human eat their legs and arms but this not is their, a message brought to you by me
0: <laughs> not their not their humors not their yeah. like
1: don't
5: also, eat their nervous systems. egypt get it together then, like, it's not here in the heart yeah. it's
1: a soul being come on obviously oh man right i mean i guess where does your intelligence go where does it come from who knows i mean your brain where right it it's your brain
5: from? cotton eye joe
1: the bodies are then dried with a type of salt <laughs> called
0: natrum, and wrapped in linen thousands of years. thousands, Hundreds I of years. I like your
5: ability room. to go right back to the topic. <laughs> Someone's got to. <laughs> you
0: have responsibilities that other girls do not.
2: Oh, I know this one. Slaying entails certain sacrifices, blah,
4: blah, bitty, blah. I'm so stuffy, give me a scone.
0: This is if you know me. Yes, hundreds of yards of linen and then placed in tombs with paintings and sometimes models of food. I'm like, okay, if you really think these people are coming back, or there's an afterlife. Mm. How are they going to eat some fake-ass food? I'm mm. just saying. We could have
5: skipped well, that. Well, they weren't supposed to come back to life. It was... Um, In their afterlife, Like right? an offering, yeah, for their right. afterlife. Because Egyptians believed that you could be immortal if two things happened. People remembered your name, and your body survived. Ah, that's, that's mummification. Way to go, yeah. Todd.
1: You still got it. Yeah. I know. Still rolling. Yep. <laughs> the rest of those losers. And here losers. comes some
0: stuff that I had never heard of, for sure. Uh, modern mummies in Papua New Guinea to this day there are some villages where they place the dead in a hut and smoke it and I'm like conflicting feelings because I bet it smells really good and also it's people and I don't like that at all.
5: On the other hand maybe Rodney just stepped out for a smoke.
1: For 21 hours?
5: It's addictive you know.
1: So
0: they smoke it until the body's completely desiccated. Uh, The organs are all like fucked up. Everything's just completely
1: dried out. And then they cut them into little like links and they sell them at you know, Trader Joe's and you just go and you have those like that's what I'm saying. they're just people links, but they're not sausage links. The people links. And you just kinda
0: I mean that's essentially what they're doing, is making people jerky. I know.
1: Ooh. And also, what, maybe
0: <laughs> <laughs> What? No. No. No not
1: <laughs> And after good.
0: the body's completely desiccated, they cover it with red clay. Then they put the bodies in a jungle shrine. And bring them out every time there's a big celebration so they can party with their ancestors. And I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. are like, hey, can you go grab Grand Uncle Jimmy out of the tree real quick so we can get this party started? But keep like, Stuart
1: in there because he knows what he did. Fuck Stuart. He's not going. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. And self-mummification, which, holy shit. Ooh. So uh, it was a Buddhist thing. It happened in Japan, China, and India. Um, the practice of self-mummification. It's been around since the 12th century. It is now greatly frowned upon. They can't tell you not to kill yourself, but you really shouldn't do this. Anyway, so what it is, for three years, the Buddhist monk will eat nothing but seeds and nuts, and then for three more years, they'll eat nothing but uh, bark and roots. Way up in that game. That's better. And... Then once they're properly like deprived of all nutrition, they will drink a poison that will make them vomit forever, so they lose all their liquids too, so they're just completely dried out and fucked up. Once they're at their breaking point, they will go into a, uh, like a tomb, like a crypt kind of thing, with nothing but an air hose and a bell. And they'll sit in that tomb, essentially, and ring the bell as they meditate, and the people know once that bell stops ringing, they seal the tomb because the person's dead best part is it doesn't fucking work the idea behind all of this is that by depriving your body of proper nutrition getting rid of all the fat because you're not eating anything other than fucking twigs literally uh the bacteria that takes over to decompose the body can't exist not true because people have found 24 uh different times this has happened 24 bodies so far and all of them decomposed so what a brutal horrible way to die
1: uh, What's the, the point? I mean, is it like a religious thing? Yeah, kind of. So
0: like... the idea behind it was that it would possibly either make you live eternally in spirit or that you could um, gain superpowers. Like by depriving your body of this, by making yourself something almost other than human, you could gain something else. Like you'd be getting some kind of other unearthly power, but mostly you just die a horrible, painful death. So
5: That sounds really awful. That sounds terrible.
0: Yeah. The worst is that it doesn't work. Like, if you're really trying to turn into a mummy for
1: whatever reason, it doesn't even fucking work. I mean, it worst. takes...
5: It would be better if they went and threw themselves into a bog.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, almost for real. Would. Yeah, if you want to live forever, holy shit. Yeah, or just have someone literally wrap you up. I, I don't know. Like...
5: There's natural kind of mummification, is? too. I mean, it's under the idea of bog mummies, but animals and humans will be accidentally mummified depending on the circumstances that they die in. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah, it's like Like, the Iceman
5: that was found, he was found on the top of a mountain, mm-hmm. and he was mummified. Um, a lot of mummified animals in deserts, when they die, they just sort of dry out instead of decomposing because it's so dry and hot.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the idea of the aboriginal,
5: the, yeah. the Papua-Digitians. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's another way... And you
1: can't always count on time because, like, we found those people in the mountains because we just happened to have another ice age and it froze them perfectly and now it's thawing again. So we get to find them thousands and thousands, I mean, hundreds of thousands of years later. Yeah. You can't really count on that. So if you're thinking of where to die, you've got to do some real good research as <laughs> to <just on> what's <laughs> going to go. Yeah. Throw yourself in I mean, a bog, man. Bogs are probably the best now because we're warming up before another ice age once everyone dies. You've got to find the place to go. That's
0: what you need. So. And Ernesto did cover this, but briefly. The reason why we have this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is because in 1995, a body was uncovered on the summit of an, a mountain in Peru. Ampada, The
1: mountain is Ampata? Yes. Which the name then Does comes from Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Really
5: <laughs>
0: yeah. The mountain Ampata in the Andes mountain range. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the
1: Sabancayo region. It's, uh, that's another volcano close by, and that's what Giles says the eastern region is, but it's really south, so they kind of fuck with the, you know, they make it a fictional thing with the person and the region being somewhere different, but it is basically two mountains, two volcanoes.
0: Well, in the episode, they, um, they say the whole reason why she was sacrificed was to the god Sabankaya. That does not exist, but the Mm -hmm. volcano, however, Sabankaya, does exist, Mm -hmm. and that's what led to the, um, thawing that uncovered the body of, uh... Juanita, that's what they call her. Mm. Momia Juanita. Um, so that's pretty cool. They, yeah, it's really cool. So that it was really fun. That was a real mummy person that happened. She was a, And it was a big deal, too. And she was
5: most... a, like a princess, right? Who was sacrificed? Um, they
0: can't... The, I mean, princess is a loose term, but... Um, right, but... She, but she was a noble,
5: An important person.
0: Okay. Yeah, of the Cusco. Cusco family. Mm-hmm.
5: Wow. Yeah. Were they llamas?
0: No, they weren't llamas, but they were... Cusco uh, was the capital city of uh, the Incas. So, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Amazing. The Inca mummy girl was real. Not the one we have here that took over Sunnydale. but.
1: Uh, I don't know if it's still the most preserved mummy. That was the big deal about it. it was like right, yeah. Looking at it, too, it's pretty much, they got it pretty spot on. Sans, the weird shield, you know, the plate that she's holding. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way it's, like, scrunched up and, like, the look of the face, they mm-hmm. pretty much just mine that straight through.
0: Which I, mean, I think is pretty fine. It's they whatever. got so much information from the, the actual mummy is mm-hmm. because she was wearing all the clothes. Mm-hmm. Everything was prefer- pre- preserved Because she was frozen
1: Yeah.
2: How about this one What kind of girl travels With a mummified corpse And doesn't even pack a lipstick
1: I learned so much About <laughs> mummies It's
0: amazing I love it Time to shout shit At each other About this episode Are you ready Yes Damn. Yeah. Oh, What yeah, do you, you have to yet. say Oh my god You just lied to me You lied to everyone
1: Oh that's Rodney Munchen He's God's gift To the bell curve What he lacks in smarts He makes up for In lack of smarts <laughs> Staysha
5: I'm so stuffy. Give me a scone. <laughs> oh, God. Isn't
0: he lunchable?
1: There's so much happening with Willow and Rodney's fashion when they meet up with one another. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> terrible. And also Willow. Willow's fashion Is this episode was with on point. Willis okay. Fashion's on point? Yeah. Willis Fashion says, please don't talk to me. I think that was the I next have a bucket on my head.
5: With the hat. That was great. Was that the next episode? I think it was the next okay. one. It was like blue. And yeah, the blue brown. hat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then was, she had um rainbow strap backpack. And I was like, I see what you were doing, Joss Whedon. Wink.
0: <laughs> I'm going back in time. But like that time he beat you up every day for five years.
5: So good. <laughs> nice.
1: Giles. Budge. No one likes a non-budger.
0: Oh,
5: man archaeology club
1: <laughs> oh and then it becomes crime club right that's, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing you're right in and it's time we do we're not an archaeology club we're in uh <clears throat> we're in the crime club
0: which is kind of like the chess club only with crime and um no chess Ampada's is keeping it super chill in the 21st century. Totally knows what like kitchens and modern appliances, everything else. She got it. Ampada's on top of it. I know,
1: right? It's like, let me see. We have some milk and we have some older milk. <laughs> You're good with that. It's fine. Also, RIP the real Amada Gutierrez. Ampada Gutierrez. Yeah, RIP. RIP. Terrible. Terrible. The fate. He just wanted to come to America and have some exchange going.
5: Ampada's like 20 years ahead on her eyebrow game.
1: Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm. There's close-ups. So, so many of them.
0: Where the fuck is that glowing curtain in the bronze, and why don't we ever see it again?
5: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah! During the whole scene with her and Daniel. It's Danny nighttime. Where's the light coming from? <laughs> wow,
1: that's incredible. Yeah.
5: Ampata has the most coy way to go to the bathroom ever. Where I'm going, you can't follow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Opens up the door. Yeah. Girls' bathroom.
5: Okay. <sighs>
0: Got it. <laughs> No one questions that this completely ordinary sixteen-year-old girl knows all the stuff about mummies. So, <laughs> that's
5: well, they assumed she would. because Hi, nice to meet you. Can you translate this? Yeah, sorry. of course I
1: can translate it. That bodyguard, no, it's he's a bad bodyguard. Um, Buffy got hardcore assigned to desk duty in this episode, which kind of harkens back to season one where she was solving all of Giles' mystery for Giles. Mm-hmm. And this one's like Sarah Michelle definitely hurt herself or something, and she's like, "I just need to take it easy on this episode." So cool, you just sit down, you do your thing
5: mummy dearest ah <laughs> uh, nice yeah I don't think I have anything else okay, my, my
1: final my final note has to be the flutes the flute game the flute. on this episode whatever those were the music
5: like, oh yeah
1: you know oh, like right, right, when yeah. it goes nuts yeah. absolutely apeshit for, for Xander and Apata okay whatever but then they did it at the end and that's my final note at the end fucking Xander looks at Buffy the flutes are going, so we basically are saying that like, Xander still has those feelings. And even Buffy, the way that she's like, and then you saved me. And they have like that little moment. You're like, oh, it's still going. We mm-hmm. still have to keep going with this. So yeah. that was incredibly frustrating for me. Flute game, though, on point. Amazing. <laughs> Best flutes ever.
0: Best flutes ever. 10 out of 10.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: My last note is, what does Buffy do with the mummy in her bedroom? Oh,
1: what oh, yeah. do you do? I mean, I assume that they're good at getting rid of bodies at this point.
5: You would hope. Usually, the bodies disappear for them. That's true. Hey,
0: maybe they get involved in a scheme where uh, they pass off the body of actual Impa Gutierrez as the body, the mummy of fake Empada Gutierrez. Because they're that's gonna
5: have to talk thing to the family. That's a problem, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna have to talk to the
1: family. Not only the family, but then also the government of Peru. That's like we gave you Juanita. We want Juanita back or something equivalent. We're
5: giving you back on Pada.
1: No, we want the Constitution. Give us something of equal value to this mummy, which Sunnydale has shit. Like, probably that's what their museum is.
5: Like, yard signs from the
1: past. Yeah, it's like terrible.
5: Yard signs from
1: the past. Well, what are they going to save in fucking little tiny Sunnydale? Nothing.
0: So we try to take away a little lesson from every episode. Did you learn anything this episode? I
1: absolutely did. Nice. What did you learn?
0: Well, I learned about the bus station. Obviously, if you leave your stuff there, that somebody will bring it to you. But more importantly, if you wear clothes that are atypical of your gender, people will be immediately suspicious of you and assume you're capable of murder. Welcome to my life.
1: (laughs) I've never thought you were capable of murder until now. (laughs) Fun,
0: Um, because you know they take it. She starts going through a pot of stuff. Boys clothes? Why would a girl have these? I'm like, merp, <laughs> Stacia, what did you learn from this episode?
5: Pick up your exchange students on time, or they'll probably end up as desiccated mummy husks.
0: True. It's good. Good advice.
5: And then also, don't kiss mummies. Yeah. Good, solid advice for everybody. I learned. Don't kiss your exchange students. <laughs> True.
1: Keep it civil. And exchange yeah. stuff. Exchange. Don't just not one-sided stuff. Because I learned... I learned, in the end, to learn about culture so that you're not doomed to be devoured by an Inca mummy girl cultural equivalent of the cultural scenario in question. That That's l- what I learned.
5: a lot
0: of culture talk, my friend.
1: I know. So you need to learn about the culture so you don't get devoured by whatever culture we're talking about, equivalent of an Inca mummy girl.
0: All right. Well, that takes us right to something as problematic but equally adorable as Willow's Eskimo outfit, our ratings. Let's the get best. to it. The best. Willow, hack something slash we talk about the internet out of five. We didn't see a damn computer in this thing. (laughs) Uh, Joyce is a terrible mom. Shows up for 20 (laughs) seconds. Still managed to get a one-liner and a buffy. All right. She
5: gets a four. Which is, I mean. Why did she get a four? That's fair. I would
1: give her a one. She just threw shade. There was nothing redeeming. She didn't do
5: anything else there. terrible. And she did do
0: damage in 20 seconds. And she
1: was like, looks like she's really fitting in. I mean, way to call the room. You are always so
5: lenient to Joyce. I would give her a zero for every episode.
0: All right, I'll give
1: her a three. I'm going to have
0: to adjust my shit.
1: You're gonna have to really soul search, like how you feel about choice, because this is <laughs> pathetic. Uh, Zero's for me. I'm with Sasha. Entirely. Big bad
0: monster <laughs> of the big bad monster of the week. Um, oh. Got a seven. The makeup yeah. was fun. Um, the power to suck out people's life force is kind of cool, but uh, poor choice is a villain. As we talked about, she just like leaving bodies everywhere. Doesn't really seem to have like.
1: I like its vision. connection to the real world too. I think that you know a lot of them are. Just like here's a bug, and we made it a thing. It's yeah. kind of fun. It's like a real thing that happened. You can kind of delve into and kind of get interested in mummies and mummies. As we actually, did because yeah. yeah, a, f- cool. a lot of villains aren't really going to make you do that. Kind of go off and search for other things. So yeah. it's nice. Giles is on fire this season. His level
0: of Gilesness is out of control. This episode, as we've discussed previously, we we're not sure. I wasn't sure that he got knocked out, but you guys have given me compelling evidence that he totally does. 10 out of 10, the Citron shows up. He's talking mm-hmm. to himself while he's reassembling the plate. He's the, got plate. the small like, cup. He's the small cup. The research, the pictograph, it's all there. 10 out of 10. Times. Trying to get
1: other people to do his work. Perfect. And Buffy does do some of his work. Call back to season one. Perfect. <laughs> Every single Giles of everything. <laughs> Plus
5: Buffy saying, I'm so stuffy, get me a scone. And he says, You know me so, you know me so well.
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are right. I'm sorry. I never thought of anything differently. Nine Absolutely. 10. Come ten. on. I'm so get sorry. Out of here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Relationship goodness or badness. Our friends are kind of disparate in this episode, so I gave it a a five, which is really Mm. low. Um, Apparently, I was really offended by the cultural appropriation party, so I was like, "Well, we're going to bring it down." That's right. Xander all friends,
1: but like, yeah, Xander and Willow are obviously at odds.
0: Yeah, Xander hurts Willow's feelings basically and says that Buffy isn't really his Mm. friend. Like I mentioned that Mm. by you know saying like, "Oh, if we're alone together, it's going to imply that Willow and I, you know, are dating, but we're not dating people, but Buffy is." Yeah. So. That's fair. So it's not great. It's not a great episode for friends. This episode's episode-specific. Got new friends. Oz, Devin, Danny Strong, which his name is Jonathan. Who is that girl?
1: 10 of 10! 10. 10 of 10. <laughs> Fantastic. So that's a... You know, talking about this, it gets me so hyped for how good this episode kind of was. And I'm going... Oh, good. I'm going to put it a little higher than I was going to.
0: Okay. Nice. <laughs> so that gives me uh, 40 total, which brings us to the... It's going to be 4... For, no, three or four. Sorry. Three or four for the season. good Mommy Girl. In the books.
5: Which one is it above?
0: One above some assembly required.
1: Nice. Okay, so that and then this and then the other two. Right. When she was bad. and School hard. Okay.
5: Sasha, what do you have for this episode? I ranked this number eight. Total. How out of how many? The, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have it numbered.
0: Well, Nineteen? No.
1: 12 no. How Twelve. How many episodes were in the last four. season? Four. It would be Sixteen. 16. So we have 16. 16, so right, 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 the,
5: 16. right in the
1: middle. Right sure.
5: between School Hard, which is above it, and Out of Mind, Out of Sight, which is one below it.
1: Hmm. Nice. That works. Yeah. Pretty perfect.
5: It basically breaks between the episodes that I like and all the trash below it. Nice. And so it's kind of the delineator right now.
1: Yeah, I came into this before we talked about it wanting to put it really low. I had a lot of fun with this episode. Willow alone and Oz alone are enough to save it. Yes. And it also did a lot. Even with Xander, it did a lot. It did a lot for everybody. I enjoyed it a lot. But I know what's to come. I'm going to give this one 93. 93. That's, that mean. Pretty low. Low, yeah. Low in the middle. But it's not as low as I'm pretty sure I probably put it before. Nice. Because I probably just hated the mummy stuff and I probably didn't understand much. But talking it through, you convinced me with your mummies. Yes. Basically, I think you probably jumped 20 points just on mummies alone. Yeah, and really, Juanita. I mean, thanks, not Ernesto as well. Everyone did their part. Thanks, robots.
0: Yeah,
1: but yeah. So ninety-three.
0: We all came together to decide this episode was eh. yeah, which is nice. I think that's pretty I works. know
1: it wasn't a terrible experience. There's plenty of that to come around.
0: All right, season two, episode four, Mummy Girl in the books. We're a podcast. I don't know if you know that. Uh, you can follow us at Be Me Pod on Twitter, uh, Tumblr. Are we on Facebook?
1: We're on Facebook. BB Pod. BB Pod everywhere. BB Pod everywhere. Website is brand new as well. Nice. You can go searching by it. all the seasons we've done and all the episodes and they all have custom art now that is different for each season. Yeah, it's great.
0: Uh, we also have a Spotify playlist that'll feature at least a song from every uh, band that we mentioned during the news, as well as every song that is played during the show. So for this episode specifically, we got a couple of Four Star Mary songs, which I recommend you check out. Um, that playlist on Spotify is "Beat Me Hyphen a Fun Time" playlist for podcast fans.
1: And you can also find that on the front page of our website. So. Nice,
0: cool. Well, that's everything. Stacia, say, do you have anything else to say before your final words? Stacia, what are your final words before you're thrown off a cliff Fine for words. sacrifice to the ink and get. Nice.
5: I really wish I had a funny pun about mummies, but I don't.
0: Daniel,
1: I have nothing to say.
5: That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, that's, <good. laughs> that's really fun.
0: Kyles is on fire this season, he's getting a nine. The only reason he didn't get a ten is because he didn't get knocked out. But in this episode we see the six. We just went about over
1: this.
5: That. I know, I said I want to do the whole thing up. But, he, but got you just, he got knocked out got knocked out what You we have to revise saying. that To
1: a 10 of 10 I thought that's why You wanted to do yeah. The whole thing over again oh, That's a 10 of 10 You
5: got knocked out When you fell in the tomb That's why you didn't Immediately pop all right, out Alright 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 It's a 10
1: of 10 If you don't do a 10 of 10 I'll right. off now Why, why right, would you right. lay
5: on Rodney's desiccated corpse <laughs> right. If you weren't knocked out Correct oh right.
1: <laughs> And then Buffy Got thrown in on him too And like, yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be like Hey Buffy get off of me I'm just sleeping down here
0: <sighs> You guys make that a point Giles 10 of 10 Say the whole thing again